everyone, and welcome to episode 271 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Zephrod Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, starting with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going today, Richard? Hey, Seth. How's it going? Whew, it has been the craziest spoiler weekend, I think, ever. Like, seriously, I've been covering spoilers for a long time now, and I don't know if I remember a spoiler like three-day period that was as crazy as the last few days. But we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Before we do, we have another co-host in Krim, probably better known as the Asian Avenger. How's it going today, Krim? <laughs> Morning, Seth. Uh, pretty excited. As you said, lots of Ikoria and cool things to talk about. Yeah, and that's going to be our plan for today. We have somehow, since our last podcast... Almost two full sets spoiled with Ikoria and also Commander 2020. Technically, Ikoria goes for a few more days still, but we got a big chunk of the set already. So we are going to dedicate basically the entire cast to talking about new magic cards, new mechanics, new sets, and I'm super hyped for it. But before we get into that, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by SpikesAcademy.com, and they recently launched a new control course with Corey Burkhart. So if you like to make your opponent's lives miserable with counter spells and card advantage, this is a perfect course for you. Check now SpikesAcademy.com and learn from the best players in the entire world. So thank you so much to Spikes Academy for supporting the show today. And let's talk some new magic cards. Let's uh, let's start with Ikoria, since that's the standard set. So Richard, why don't you guys us through our uh, Ikoria discussion. All right. So Ikoria previews, C20 previews, they're actually two different sets. So all cards in Ikoria are standard legal. All cards from C20, so there's actually like a C20 in the name, are not standard legal. It's causing a lot of confusion because Wizards is releasing both sets at the same time. I don't actually think that's 100% correct. Wait, what? (laughs) There are some C20 cards that have the Ikoria set symbol that are legal and standard. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But they're also printed in Ikoria. So there there are cards... Okay, so C20 has cards that are that are specifically made for C20, but there are also some Ikoria cards in C20. Uh, and then the, the cards in <laughs> C20 with the Ikoria set symbol are legal at Ikoria. Make sense? It, it's very... It's sort of. And we didn't even get through the 20 different printings of each card. Okay, okay. So well, let's get some um, some administrative stuff out of the way. Ikoria coming April 16th to Arena. April 17th, to Asia, May 15th, rest of the world. Uh, so for those of you in North America and Europe, May 15th, and stores are prohibited from selling the, the cards early, uh, if they somehow have them. So heads up on the, the timing due to the uh, global pandemic, but onto Ikoria. So Wizards released basically like most of the cards, but what we got is Godzilla. Yes, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> I've been calling for promos. They have teamed up with Toho, uh, and there are Godzilla promos in the set. So basically, this is how it works. You have cards from the normal normal boosters. Uh, then you have the collector boosters. In the collector boosters, you have uh, extended art cards. And then for certain cards, you have uh, a special showcase version. Uh, and then, so that has like a graphic uh kind of graphic art kind of like comic book style and then you have the godzilla promo uh which has a different name but functionally is the same name as the card in the set you following me so for example <laughs> for example uh godzilla let me let me pull up godzilla here 
Uh, Godzilla King of Monsters is the first card they they spoiled. Uh, let me read it off for you. It's the buy a box promo for Ikoria. So Godzilla King of Monsters, uh, and then its magic name is Zalartha Strength Incarnate. So when you open a booster pack, which you won't because it's a buy a box promo, but that's like its normal <laughs> magic name. Okay, three red and a green, seven three legendary creature dinosaur trample. Lethal damage dealt to creatures you control is determined by their power rather than their toughness. And the art is like literal Godzilla, like shooting a beam out, destroying cities. Like good old Godzilla. Like actual Godzilla, guys. Yep, yep. <laughs> what, oh, what do you Seth, guys think? What is this? Oh, no, what, 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 do you, what do you think of this? What do, what do you think? I, I, it sounds like you guys both like the Godzilla promos. I'm going to be the wet blanket. I... I don't really like them. I do watch Godzilla as a kid. (laughs) I love the comic book showcase cards. I think those are awesome. I'm not super comfortable with, with black border crossovers, honestly. It's not Godzilla (laughs) specific. It's silver border cards. Yeah. Print all of my little pony cards you want. Go for it. Black border cards with two names and other properties, IPs in standard. Uh, maybe maybe I'm just uh, looking at it the wrong way, but for me, it feels weird, personally. So for you, you can play the regular, boring, standard yeah. set <laughs> version. For me, I can be like Godzilla, Mothra, like throw them down and like live out my childhood memories. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I love it. I love it. And I, I like how to appease, you know, the diehard magic fans, they kept like a magic name. Right. So that if you, if you don't want to like break from the rea- you know, from the fantasy world, right? You're like, oh, what is Godzilla doing with Vivian? Right. You can just play like the magic card, but I do like the crossover IP and the fact that it's optional. Uh, the, the two names is weird because I know it's going to cause so much confusion with new players. And they're like, what? I have four Godzillas and four Zalarthas in my deck. Right. <laughs> like, what's wrong with this? Right. <laughs> yeah, that that is one of my concerns too. Is I think that part is a little awkward. I I I also yeah, I'm with Richard. I mean the 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 fact that you have the separate names makes it work. Uh, and I, I mean let's be honest here. We already like like altered cards and stuff like that. Like oh look, I I altered I don't know a a, a Wolverine onto this card. Okay, cool. But it's not. But like that that's how I feel about this Godzilla. It's like wow. I would have probably gotten an altar for Godzilla on this monster set anyway, so this is great. And on top of that, I mean, the only thing that I had an issue with was that Ghidorah was not Grixis, but I mean, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Cause I feel like Ghidorah, like, should have been Grixis. Other than that, this, the, the, all of the, the sweet promos, I do really like the showcase arts too, because it has that, like, that classic, uh, you know, kind of like monster movie poster vibe. So I, I am also into that. Yeah. Uh, no, Seth, you're still. Wait, wait. Did is you there, watch Godzilla there, as a kid? Is there? Uh, I mean, I've seen Godzilla before. I wasn't like a huge Godzilla fan or anything. But what? is there any slippery slope argument here? Are we slippery heading towards slope. like <laughs> whoa, an equipment, whoa. an equipment that's a can of Mountain Dew, and, and Pepsi paid wizards like a million dollars to make a Mountain Dew you're equipment? Like, me? is that where we're going? Is that the path that we're heading down with these probos? Yo, a I'm Mountain all, Dew cannon already... would be sweet. <laughs> we, we, we return to Kaladesh, and there's like Gundam there. I don't know. I'm ready yes. for this. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, I, I, I see, mean, I see where they're going. And we're going to see. We're going to see based on how well these cards sell. And, you know, now is the perfect time. If you like Godzilla, you can pick up a collector's booster box, uh, support your LGS and support Godzilla. If you don't, 
don't buy it, right? Just buy the normal standard version. And then Wizards will see that, hey, nobody bought collector's boosters. Maybe Godzilla is not the right way to go. So I, you just vote with your wallet, right? Um, I mean, but like, like there's no way it doesn't do like relatively well. It's, it's so sweet. I, I don't know. I mean, like this also like means that we could potentially have other things down the line, which makes me really excited. Like what I, I think I'd mentioned this to Seth somewhere, I think on Twitter, like, dude, it, a Marvel, like, you know, magic crossover somewhere down the line that has me, like, drooling over the ideas and potential. Like, we could actually have a Doctor Strange on a card. Yeah, I do agree with Seth, though. I hope they keep it. So this was perfect, right? Like, the set is giant monsters. And what's a better giant monster than Godzilla? Right, and I'm ready for Godzilla to kill like Eldrazi, but I don't want them to start throwing like Mountain Dew or you know five hour energy into my magic. Okay. Right? Like I no, equip no. a five hour energy, uh, like no, sword I don't want five to hour that. energy in Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, yeah, so hopefully they don't go there. All right, I mean. All right, all right. We, I kind of want to see getting, it now. <laughs> we're getting crazy over Godzilla here. We have so much to get through. We have two weeks, like basically two sets of spoilers to cover in one hour. So let's move <laughs> on to mechanics and uh, complexity. Seth already hinted at. You ready for this? There's a new mechanic called mutate. Okay, now I cannot sum it up in five seconds, but basically <laughs> the creatures uh, have mutate abilities. And when you cast them for their mutate ability... You take like the, the target creature and the mutate card and you combine them. So you get to choose whether the mutate card goes on top or on the bottom. And then the card on top will dictate, uh, the power and toughness. And then you take all the abilities of all cards in the mutate pile and combine them all. So it's yeah, like it's- this weird enchantment. And then, uh, on Reddit, there's currently like this huge, post of like all the asterisks of what happens to this like monstrous creature when stuff happens like it bounces in the command zone it goes to your hand it phases out it flips unflips it's a token it populates blah 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 lots of rules but basically you mash creatures together uh the whole creature if it gets uh doom bladed it all dies uh if your target creature gets killed as you're mutating your mutating creature enters the battlefield as a real creature and then they also have triggers. So there are cards that say when this creature mutates, do X. So that, that will trigger when, when you, when you do the mutate. Even if and the original host target is removed, right? No, 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 no. Okay. no, no. So, so and- the trade off is like, if you get something removed in response, uh, you, you, like the mutate trigger, uh, gets removed. But if you, you know, wait for it to resolve, they get the mutate trigger, but then you can like, two for one them by by destroying it so the the mutate trigger kind of like works around the two for one it's it's like bestow but kind of not bestow like i don't know this is so complicated <laughs> bestow is probably the closest comparison uh, like a like a, a weird take on bestow basically you're just mashing the text boxes of creatures together but also make yourself <laughs> potentially susceptible to getting like x for one I want to know what you think of the power level of this mechanic. All right, like, let, that, let me give is... you guys an example card, okay? okay? Nethroi, Apex of Death, two white, black, green. So five CMC, five, five. Uh, its mutate cost is four hybrid, white, green, black, black. 
Uh, so seven, death touch lifelink. Whenever this creature mutates, return any number of target creature cards with total power, 10 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. I wonder, I wonder how many, like, uh, no, there aren't any non-blue clones that I can think of. <laughs> that's so good. I, I think that's really good. Like, Stop. you can, like, so basically it's a five mana, five, five death touch lifelink, right? You can kind of like haste it onto an existing creature, right? Uh, by mutating it. Like, so if you mutate like a 1-1, one, one, it becomes like a 5-5 five, five with Death Touch Lifelink. And then when you mutate, you get to basically reanimate a bunch of creatures, uh, from the, you, from the graveyard. You choose which half goes to the top of the card and the, which half goes to the bottom, right? Correct. So for, for some odd reason, if I wanted to stay a 1-1, one, one, I could choose <laughs> the 1-1 one, one as the bottom half, right? Right. So if you, you mutate yeah. Questing Beast, Yes, that's where right? everybody's or, mind goes. Or something with like, no, you want something with first strike, right? So that the result is first strike, death touch, lifelink, or double strike, something like that. Uh, and then you want to mutate, if it's bigger, you would take the bigger, like if you mutate a Galta, then you'd have a 12-12 life, you know, lifelink death toucher. If you mutate, say, a 1-1 token, you can take the, the Nethroid power in Trophnos, so it'd be a 5-5 uh, death touch lifelink. Sweet. That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> How okay so so okay the thing i like about the mutate cards is if you just read them almost every single one is on curve or above the curve just as a normal creature like every single one it, that that was the thing that stuck out to me the most is i feel like wizards n- knew that mutating is something you want to do only in specific circumstances. So I feel like you play these cards and you mostly play them as normal creatures to not set yourself up for getting, you know, X for one. But then you kind of like pick and choose your spots to mutate them. Like, is that how you think these are going to play out? Or do you think this is really like all about getting 20 creatures stacked on top of each other and trying to build the craziest monster possible? And that's like the main play pattern of these cards. Are you playing Bogles? (laughs) <laughs> I, I would stack 30 of them on a hexproof creature, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, but in general, no, right? Because you're going to get like a million for one, <laughs> right? Uh, if you try to stack them all on one creature, but you could for like a hasty effect or something like that. Or if you have protection, uh, then I can see you stacking them all on and just one shotting someone. Although some of these things, like since they're most of these like, uh, like legendaries are like all three colors. I wonder if sometimes, like, some people are going to try to stack it onto a creature with protection from that color. Does that? I think does, that's an illegal target. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a legal target, right? Like, so, like, that's what I'm worried about. Like, ooh, I do, I, I do like Vadrock too. Like, I think that, like, a lot of these are just like good, I think, on their own. Like, on their own, like Seth had mentioned for their own stats. But on top of that, if you do actually get to mutate, that's pretty solid, right? Like, that's just ridiculous value. Yeah. Ve- I think Vadrock is probably the best one because it has aggressive costs. So its cost is blue, red, white, 3-3, three, three, uh, flying first strike. When this creature mutates, you may cast target non-creature card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. Its mutate cost is four. So basically, a Snapcaster Mage on mutate and then a three mana, 3-3 three, three flying first strike, like almost... Mantis Rider without the haste. I mean, I'll, I'll take that, even though, like, it's like, it's like super Snapcaster, right? Because this yeah. can cast a non-creature permanent or a non-creature thing. So, like, it can even get my planeswalkers back. It can get, you know, like, oh, all, you can, all of you that. can Teferi minus bounce yeah. this Vadrock and then do it again, right? 
<laughs> yeah. 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 What, what did we, what were we missing in our current standard format? More three plane, mana planeswalkers. Like that, I think that was a problem with standard is we just didn't have enough to fairies and narsets <laughs> entering the battlefield. <laughs> I mean, hey, at least you know you can't snap back like a Nissa or something like that. So. <laughs> But really, though, like, if you look at all the, the mythic mutators, and even the rare ones, like Aluna, five mana, six, six, flying trample. Uh, Nethro, we talked about, is like a ground bane slayer, five mana, five, five, death, touch, lifelink, snapdax, four mana, three, five, double strike. Those are all decent stats on creatures. And even if you go down to rares, like Gem Razor is a four mana, four, four, reach trample that can also mutate for three and blow up an artifact and enchantment when it mutates. So I feel like wizards costed all these in a way that you can definitely run them without building around them. Obviously you can build around them and play boggles or hexproof creatures or whatever crappy tokens that you don't mind losing if you get two for one. But I also think you can just play these as, as normal creatures and then pick and choose your spots when you want to mutate them. And they'll even be very good play that way i think yeah like well, well yeah like i mean i there's c dash or octopus which is pretty cheap and then the fact that it mutates for two with flash like i think that's pretty good so yeah there, there's just a lot here there, there's a lot in this set there's so many keywords there's so much text <laughs> all right uh so next up we have a new object in magic we have <laughs> ability counters so now there are counters that give your creature vigilance, reach, trample, etc. Uh, and our example card is Vivian, Monster's Advocate. So another very strong green planeswalker, five CMC, <laughs> what we three starting loyalty. <laughs> Let me get all the abilities here. I gotta get, I gotta get my magnifying glass because the text is super small. Okay. <laughs> you may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may cast creature spells from the top of your library. Plus one, create a 3-3 green beast creature token. Put your choice of a vigilance counter, a reach counter, or a trample counter on it. Minus two, when you cast your next creature spell this turn, search your library for a creature card with lesser converted mana cost and put it on the battlefield, then shuffle your library. I, uh, oh, that's, that's a lot. And I love all of it. I think this card's so Good. Oh my god. All those counters though that I do think that's interesting. The ability to put counters on creatures. Uh that that what like what do you personally think about that? Because I think that's interesting, but at the same time I, oh, something more to track. Like this is yeah. so far everything in this set screams digital to me. Like I don't need to know how mutate works, just let Arena figure it out, right? Like I don't need to keep track of like four different counters. Like Arena will do it all for me. But in paper you know, I'm going to have to have a little piece of paper and write, like, vigilance, <laughs> right, reach. You know, it's, like, a big mess to take care of. Uh, but I do like the idea of, like, hey, this is a death touch counter, right? Hey, this is a hexproof counter. This is an infect counter, which is strange, right? An infect counter. You mean a minus one, minus one counter? No, no, an infect counter. Yeah. Right? <laughs> There's going to be a lot of counters. Like, I see people already, like, making tokens for them. <laughs> it's just, yep. like, it's starting to look like Pokemon. <laughs> like the card game Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, I like, I think I like how the mechanical probably play, but I also am a little concerned about uh, how it'll work in paper. It does seem really, it, it's funny to me that 
Wizards is so adamant about, like, we can't put fetch lands in standard because shuffling, you know, <laughs> that takes time. But then they're like, no, we're just going to make, you know, 12 different ability counters and make you scrawl out little scraps of paper every time you want to activate your planeswalker. That, that's not too clunky, but, but a fetch land shuffle, that's just across uh, the line. Vivian, though, I think is good. My only question with Vivian is, there's a lot of really good green five drops. You already got Nissa. You already got Cavalier. Like, yeah. is this going to see immediate play? Or is this like a wait until War of the Spark finally rotates and then Vivian will get the time to shine? I, you know, I think it could still get play in some deck, like some different decks, right? I, if Grohl becomes more of a prominent deck, I think you could play that there, right? I mean, I'd probably play that over Nissa. Yeah. I think the smaller decks, right? Where, you don't want to double all your mana, but you do want to, you effectively do double your mana, right? With like small creatures with her minus. Uh, but it's card advantage. Nissa does not provide any card advantage, right? If you slap down a Nissa, you get three threes every turn, but if you don't have the crisis in hand, you're like, eh. But Vivian, you can cast creature spells off the top. So they, they have slightly different roles, although they do compete. Nissa's probably better given the current shells, but, uh, getting to like, two creatures like kind of like coco decks which we don't have coco in standard obviously but where you can just cast a creature with utility grab a second utility creature and then just overwhelm your opponent like that but i think vivian's really strong the negative two is definitely really strong and outside of standard even potentially as combo potential like whatever cast your kiki jiki get the deceiver exarch for free and <laughs> stuff like that yeah yeah uh, and she can protect against flyers too you can make your beast with reach you can make your you can beast block with questing vigilance with that token. Oh, you can't. Yes, that that because that was my big thing, right? This was like when Ashiok uh, Nightmare Muse came out. The only thing was like I wish it could block questing beasts. So now you can. I mean, if you're playing a Viving deck, you can probably block oh, yeah. your opponent's questing beasts with your questing beasts. But but how many but how many top deck wars come to that, right? <laughs> but, like, but maybe you've <laughs> mutated it into Godzilla. Oh, <laughs> my questing yeah. beast is better than your questing beast. I know we didn't actually talk about Godzilla. It's a seven-seven trample for five, and that's a buy a box promo. Like, isn't that a pretty absurd magic card? I don't think we've ever seen that power and toughness on a five drop, especially with trample. Without any drawback. It's just like, hey, what? here's a 7-7 seven, seven trample for five minutes. I don't think it's that. I mean, we had Galta, my friend. I, I, I think you have to use its ability, though. Like, your ball lightnings are suddenly disgustingly powerful. So depends <laughs> on how many of those are in standard. But I think five mana, 7-7 seven, seven trample, vanilla? That's, like, really bad Galta, right? I mean, uh, Galta, you got to build around a lot. Yeah. Though. Like, Galta is also 12 mana or whatever well, most of the, like, sometimes. Yeah. But I, I think if you, I don't know, how many ball lightning creatures do we have? Like, Yargle. Yargle. Does it even do anything <laughs> with ball light? Oh, I see. I, you just mean, like, high, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, high power, low toughness creatures. Yeah, maybe it's Yargle. Yeah, I mean, I, I will take a three drop, six, six haste. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was thinking, like, ball lightning sacrifice themselves anyway. Oh, oh so you're right, So literal right. ball need, lightning doesn't You need something actually... that doesn't sack itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got to stick around, preferably. I mean, this set's got, like, an 11-11 at uncommon, right? Or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Oh, we, we have lots. We have a card that gives you plus twenty, plus twenty. It is. Yeah. It is like Timmy's aura swap. That <laughs> Timmy, Timmy's dream here, and like I'm ready to, you know, mutate my infect hexproof double striking <laughs> creature together. Like it, it's all happening. All right, we have last, another mechanic though. Last mechanic. Uh, we have companion. 
So I heard you guys like Commander. So we're bringing Commander to all of our constructed formats. So with Companion, uh, there's a deck building restriction. And if you meet that deck building restriction, you can start the game with this card outside of your deck in this extra zone that you can cast once at any time, kind of like a commander. Uh, so the example here is Lutri the Spell Chaser. One <laughs> hybrid, bla- uh, hybrid blue-red, hybrid blue-red. So three CMC, three two, Elemental Otter. Companion, each non-land card in your starting deck has a different name. Uh, flash, when Lutri, the spell chaser, enters the battlefield, if you cast it, copy, target, instant, or sorcery spell you control, you may choose new targets for the copy. Love it. I, I, so I so mean, your I, deck, so this, this sits in your sideboard in Constructed. Uh, you can cast it at any time if you meet the companion requirements of your deck. And then in, in Commander, yes, it, it's, okay. it takes up a sideboard slot. Uh, in Commander, Lutri is actually just straight up banned. But if if Lutri was not banned, uh, it would be the 101st card in your deck. So you would still have a 100-card deck, uh, and then Lutri would sit outside of it. So you would have 101 cards. But the rules committee has preemptively banned Lutri because all commander decks automatically meet the companion um, yeah. requirement for this card. It's like a free card. It's like a free card. What do you think of this new mechanic? Like a I... commander-esque card for Constructed? I don't like that it takes a sideboard slot, but... But you I, have an effective eight-card starting hand, right? That you get to choose, right? The, the right. extra card. But it, I don't know. I, I Like, the fact that it is a... It, still, sideboard slots, the farther back we go, like in older formats, the more relevant they are. So, well, I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I, also, like, the harder it is to play 100-card singleton and win a game if you're playing <laughs> older format. Like, I think right. we're, we're kind of bearing the lead here. That uh, If you look at these restrictions, it's like everything in your deck costs three or more mana. Everything shares a card type. Everything is even or odd converted mana cost. The restrictions are really severe, and your reward is you get a random, like, sort of okay mid-rangey creature like like that's what you're getting I, I i think that's my concern with this mechanic the only one that i could see actually really getting played would be lutri out of all of them uh i mean Yeruda or whatever is is a demon kraken so obviously i think that one's really cool but like <laughs> i don't know like in competitive play i i think that Lutri is the most likely to get played. Uh, Lutri is the most likely not to get played. You, you have to play a singleton deck in standard. Are you crazy? I did that, in, I did that in standard already. <laughs> I did Esper Solar Flare in M12, and all That's I did so was so hard. I, I, I think Umari is probably playable somewhere, right? Uh, Where you one? like if you play like Affinity or something. I I think Karuga is the yeah, one there that you is go, that most one. likely to see played, just because. It's a free roll, essentially, in Fire's decks. Like, Fire's decks, I was actually looking at their decks. They maybe have a couple of Aether Gusts in the main deck, depending on, like, the metagame. Other than that, their deck naturally costs three or more every single card. So you just can, like, free roll this in your sideboard if you're playing Fire's. Yeah. Yeah. Fire's... I mean, it, it, it takes like, a yeah, sideboard slot, but almost free roll. But, but like, I mean, what do you guys think about the complexity of this now? Like, this, like... This reminds me of the Hearthstone mechanic, right? Where you have the legendaries that have like a deck restriction. Now you have a further deck restriction on your deck. This is another mechanic that makes a ton of sense in digital, but I'm a little, you know, it does add a lot more uh, complexity to paper, especially for new players, kind of like the other mechanics we were talking about. 
I do feel like these cards are mostly not powerful enough to make the deck building restriction worth it, which is kind of disappointing. Like, I like these cards from an against odds perspective. I think it's going to be really fun to, like, take this deck building challenge, but... From the, like, I'm going to win a GP perspective or whatever, 5-0 a league or whatever, I don't think any of them are of a power level where it's actually worth warping your deck to try to get a single extra card in your sideboard. So far, I, I pretty much am right there with that. Like, I think the effects aren't worth the payoff. Um But, like, they are... I do like it from a deck-building perspective. I think that's a lot of fun. I think it's a lot of fun. And I mean, yeah. like, if we if we ignore the fact of digital paper, all that, I think it is very fun. Yeah, I, I think the payoff isn't strong enough, but I think if this proves successful, we'll get more competitively costed cards. And it's probably true that Wizards went a little conservative, because if you did print one of these that was better than you thought, it would almost assuredly be banned because it's starting in your opening hand essentially every game. So if you printed one that actually was really powerful, you have all other kinds of problems to deal with. So I it's probably best to like aim low with the first run of cards like this and then and then kind of adjust from there moving forward. It's the um, coin you've always wanted, Richard. <laughs> this is not the coin. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the coin. If they would have made it better, it would have totally been a coin, right? Because the the person going first can also get this, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's not the coin at all. But I, I'm ready to see like if you have twenty or more cards of the same creature type, you know that's the companion and then it's just like a lord that like lets you draw every time you cast a card of that creature type or something like i'm I'm ready for that or like no creatures in your deck or no non-creatures in your deck something like that uh those are like actual restrictions that people will play with um so we'll see how it goes i i mean i like the evens and odds one but like Ah, still almost impossible your mana curve is so bad if you do that right like (laughs) they need to they need to make one where you can only play six drops for tomer (laughs) (laughs) if every card in your deck has a converted mana cost of six (laughs) all right let's talk about some some just random cards that we like from the set uh let's talk about a new planeswalker so we have a new planeswalker luca copper coat outcast three red red five starting loyalty plus one exile the top three cards of your library creature cards exiled this way gain you may cast this card from exile as long as you control a luca planeswalker minus two exile target creature you control then reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card with higher converted mana costs, put that card onto the library and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Or put that card in the battlefield, sorry. Minus seven, each creature you control deals damage equal to its power uh, to each opponent. I mean, I love the artwork. He's standing by a gigantic tiger, so that's pretty cool. And I think the card itself, I like that plus one, but I I wish it made it so that you could cast it with any Luka instead of like... Because I think it's like going to be separate instances, right? Like Ashiok. Uh, no, no, it's, 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 it's as long as you control a Luca planeswalker. A, a Luca planeswalker. Okay, yeah. so okay, you can so use the planeswalker deck version if you want. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> in the, in that case, I think this card is pretty sweet. But once again, like, what deck is gonna play it? it it's it, that's the the biggest thing. Is any of the current a combo decks. deck? <laughs> a, yeah, a I, combo deck. I think that's where I come down on Luca. I think 
you play this like polymorph, basically, is how I view it. Like, if you play a deck where you have, let's say, 12 one-mana mana dorks, this would be Pioneer Modern or something, and then your only other creature is Emrakul, whenever you negative two, you know you're going to hit Emrakul, because that's the only higher CMC creature. Same with, like, tokens, tokens, and then Emrakul, or whatever finisher you want. So that's what I see this. I'm not, like, super hyped about plussing to maybe draw some creature cards, but I think, like, as a planeswalking polymorph it could actually be pretty powerful it like definitely if you're using it as a polymorph thing that's going to be a lot of fun and because you know <laughs> i i do i do love the idea of a polymorph on a planeswalker but i i'm i'm more so just i guess looking at the value side of it yeah Val- value size is a bit so, weak right because it's like a five like compare luca to vivian for value <laughs> right like you, i guess you get three cards for every plus one activation well, but, but they got to be creatures, so you're yeah, probably only getting like up to one three. and a half. Yeah, it's a little, a little. But risky. it's five CMC. Doesn't protect itself in any way. I guess you can minus to protect itself. Uh, but yeah, like I'm thinking of like in a situation where I, I don't know. I, I still, I think Luca is nice though because of that the starting five loyalty and whatnot, and the the, the looking at top three could be relevant depending on what what kind of red mid range decks there are, right? And if if it plays green or not. In standard. What about, what about like the, the Recto Sack decks? Cause the negative two, uh, says creature you control. So you can like claim the firstborn and then <laughs> negative two away, they claim the firstborn creature into whatever your, your, uh, Croxa or Corvald or something. It has to be greater than the creature, right? That is exiled. So, yeah. I, right? To polymorph. So that means like, if you're like the whole Recto Sack deck, I think tops out at three mana. So you have to be stealing small <laughs> creatures, right? <laughs> I, guess, that, I just, guess that's true. You're just like, cool. All right. I know I failed to find. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, Luminous Brood Moth. Two white, white, three, four, oh, flying. Yeah. Whenever a creature you control without flying dies, return to the battlefield under its owner's control with a flying counter on it. <laughs> this card is like why, like, uh, Solemnity is being bought out right now, right? <laughs> Because, <laughs> like, the whole game plan is to play this, Solemnity, and, I don't know, anything of your choice, like, either, uh, cr- I guess, like, what, Kroxa or Uro, and then draw your whole deck, or just keep burning your opponent out? Yep. Yeah. With Solemnity, or- like... <laughs> Yeah, you can also go with, like, uh, Altar of Dementia to just keep sacking and mill your opponent out. So there's a bunch of, like, shenanigans if you can remove the counter. And it's just, like, a good creature. Like, a 3-4 flyer for 4 that yeah. even just, like, fairly protects your creatures from removal and board wipes. That seems pretty busted. The creatures even get better. They come back into play with <laughs> flying when they didn't have flying before. Just, like, from combos to fair things, everything about this card seems really powerful to me. Yeah, it's it's not legendary either, so I'm also a fan of that. <laughs> but, yeah, like, this this card seems very good. I, I love this. I mean... I'm definitely going to be trying a Kroxa variant, so, like, I want to do that in, like, Pioneer. That's going to be so much fun. It's really good, and people will still complain that white is bad. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. Well, Just wait. Uh, you know, we, we, we don't know if white is getting there yet, but, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely a very good card. <laughs> there like, has to be... Uh, there has to be a card that just makes all your stuff lose flying. Oh, there is. How about you there just, is. like, there... don't play flying creatures? It's the, very uh, well, no, but then you protect the Maltra as well, because it doesn't say oh. other creatures. Yeah, Mystic the... Mystic Decree. Anyone know what Mystic Decree does, or even what set it's from? Nope. 
Not what set it's from. We're going back to we're going back to uh Homelands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this gotta be good. <laughs> Homelands, four mana blue enchant world. All creatures lose flying in island walk. World. Got him. <laughs> Also, casually dunk on Merfolk. (laughs) Why hasn't that been bought out yet? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next up, we have the Mythos Cycle. So, uh, Mythos of Snapdecks. Two white, white sorcery. Each player chooses an artifact, a creature, an enchantment, and a planeswalker from among non land permanents they control, then sacrifices the rest. If black and red was spent to cast a spell, you choose the permanents for each player instead. I, I love this. This is like a super duper tragic arrogance. I think this is such a cool card. And like in standard tragic arrogance already got played a whole lot. So this, this is, I think this is really good. I think this is really good. Cause you're probably like, I mean, we'll see how much Mardu is going to be happening, but I think this card is really good. So here's my concern. And that was my first thought too. Tragic Arrogance was really good when it was in standard. This should be really good when it's in standard. But then when I thought about how standard decks work and like how a lot of decks are built around Fires of Invention. And if I have just Fires of Invention, I'm winning the game. Or Wilderness Reclamation. If I have just that, I'm winning the game. I wonder if Magic has shifted so much since Magic Oregon, uh, Origins that this effect isn't as good as it used to be. Because I feel like I'm going to cast this and be like, all right, I'm going to get rid of everything, but you still have your Fires of Invention, so you just untap and play all your stuff and kill me. Or Wilderness Reclamation, you expansion explosion me. Do you think there's any chance that magic has just shifted in a way where this isn't as good as it used to be? The the effect in general, like the card is obviously a better version of Tragic Arrogance, but is there any concern about about that aspect of it? I, I definitely see where you're coming from, because like the decks that are in standard right now, um, yeah. and... I mean, it's not like Old Theros where there's tons of enchantment creatures running around. Uh, like, I, like where you could kind of force them to pick this as the enchantment and this as the creature. Uh, other than that, I, I do, I do see where you come from though. Yeah. Like it is possible that just this effect may not be great for standard, but I do think maybe in other, like other, like formats, like maybe commander, things like that. I think this could be really good. And the yeah. meta could definitely shift. Just because yeah. it, I don't like how it lines up with our current top decks in the meta necessarily, that doesn't mean the meta won't shift. And I think worst case, it's a card that's going to get certain decks really hard. Like, so worst case, yeah. it's probably a really good sideboard card at a minimum. I mean, the one that I think is the best so far is the removal spell, the Mythos of Nethroi, which is three mana, destroy target, not only permanent if it's a creature or if green and white was spent to cast this spell. Like, I, I think that one's really good. Yeah, I think that one is also... If I was just going to pick the one that sees the most play, it's probably that one, because that's just, like, a evergreen, really good removal spell. The, the wording on it is a little bit weird, though. Does it, like, my, like, it hurt my head a little bit yeah. reading that card It's a few basically times. a murder that's only one black, so I don't think we've ever had that before, right? Usually murder effects are black-black something. And then if you pay exactly Abzan colors, uh, you can kill... Uh, any non-land permanent, and this is instant speed. Yeah. The thing that is awkward about the wording is, I believe, kind of like Pyroblast in Legacy, I believe you can target things that aren't legal. Like, you could play Black, Black, Black and target a Planeswalker, and then it's it, that's a legal oh, target, but then yep. just nothing happens. 
Nice. Nice. So uh, hopefully <laughs> like how you the can... arena auto-tapper is up to the challenge of this card. Uh, that's, that's the first thing I'm worried about, auto-tapper. I'm really going to need you to come through for me on this. Because it already messes up on what's the uh, one from uh, Eldraine, Rampant or whatever. The one where if it's like, oh, if three mana, three green mana was spent on this, oh, do this. Yeah, yeah. Oh. All right. So, uh, we're, we're going long, so let's move on to Commander 2020, which is also being revealed, uh, today, actually. Uh, by the end of today, all deck lists will be revealed. Um, 71 new cards in the set, uh, so they contain, uh, reprints, uh, Commander 20 cards, uh, new Commander 20 cards, and then also Ikoria cards. So, first up, let's talk about some of the new card cycles or mechanics. So we have a free spell cycle if you control your commander. And I think the best one by far is Fierce Guardianship. Two in a blue instant. If you control a commander, you may cast this spell without paying its mana cost. Counter target non-creature spell. Heck yeah. What? Why is this a card? (laughs) That is, yeah, pretty... It's like the commander version of Force Negation, basically, but probably just uh, straight up better than Force Negation if you have your commander. I'm playing that in my Amanatu deck. That card is so good. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think just, like, every blue deck will play this. Like, why why wouldn't you play this in your blue deck uh, for the most part? But really, I think this entire cycle is really good. The blue one is the best of the bunch, but what's the black one? Exile's a creature. Red one changes the target of a spell green one is like a super fog and then the white one what does the white uh, one do white one was uh indestructible creatures oh yeah yeah yeah. gain five life (laughs) gain five life got him but all of these seem really playable to me like don't they all seem like they're worth considering for a decent number of decks yeah i mean i like i'll tell you that it's like the humans commander one like i would definitely be playing that indestructible one there Right, like that. That would be amazing. I don't. I can tap out because, like, one of the biggest fears that I have when I cast my, my commander is like, oh, well, I'm tapped out. So what's going to happen if I need to hold up? I don't know something. But now, thanks to these spells, I can definitely tap out and play my commander, not actually be afraid to play it. Yeah, I, I feel these are too oppressive. I feel at least force negation. Like you're down a card, it costs you something. This literally costs you nothing to protect your commander. Uh, a lot of decks hinge around their commander, and like Krim said. You can't just like turn three, tap out, play your commander. It might get murdered immediately. So you gotta like kind of sandbag it, wait, have protection up. This lets you just do it for free. So I don't know how I feel about that. Like too many, too many free spells. I mean, free spells are always, uh, good. So we'll have to see with that. But I mean, Is as it? of what, right. What if, what if I had a free creature, Crim? Like, oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, like they're, they're almost too good. They're always powerful, usually. Yeah. They're usually too good. But I do want to see how it plays out. Uh, it's, cause it is just, if it were like a counter spell, like straight up just counter anything, that's pretty, that's pretty gross, right? But it is a negate. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how much of that matters. Cause in EDH, it's still pretty hard to keep, I don't know, like, let's say planeswalkers around or something like that. But, uh, this, I do like this in an aggressive shell, like the indestructible one to like protect my creatures, uh, and, and whatnot. And I don't know. It, it seems like th- there's a lot worse going on in commander. So a free spell isn't that bad. I think the question is going to be is how expensive do you think these cards are? I think that's, that's my big question. Like how, how expensive is Teferi's protection now? I assume this is going to be like Teferi's 30 protection bucks. level playable. 
Because we yeah, already like, have free spells. We got Force of Will. We got Force of Negation. Like, yeah. we have a bunch of other lesser ones. So having a free counter spell doesn't scare me. I would like this to be a more budget-friendly option. If this is, like, a way that more people can access free counter spells, maybe that is at least some upside if you can't afford $100 Force of Wills or whatever Force of Negation's at now. Nah, <sighs> this is going to be expensive. You think so? <laughs> Everyone's going to play. Like, why would you not play this in your blue deck? Yeah, you have to literally play a Seth deck where your commander is irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's my biggest problem with these. your commander, right? <laughs> I I get punished so hard by these because everyone else plays their commander, I don't. So these just do nothing for me, even though they're good. <laughs> Plus, three mana negate is not that bad. Like, it's not it's not like you're paying like five mana for like a counter spell. It's like it's just a three mana negate, right? Like the cost for not having your commander is not horrendous either. I mean, yeah. that's force of negation. That's the same. And yeah. people hardcast force of negation against me all the time in modern. So I don't think three mana <laughs> is like a deal breaker. <laughs> all right. Uh, also announced uh, our new partner pairs. So we have new partner pairs for every single deck. Um, I couldn't figure out which ones were good. So I chose this one. Is this good? It was a green one. So Yannick Scavenging Sentinel, two green and a white, three, three legendary creature, Hyena Beast. So Hyena Tribal Online. Partner with Nakira Lair Scavenger Vigilance. When Yannick enters the battlefield, exile another creature you control until Yannick leaves the battlefield. When you do, distribute X plus one plus one counters among any number of target creatures where X is the exiled creature's power. And then Nikara, two black, two, two, legendary creature, human cleric, menace. Whenever another creature you control leaves a battlefield, if it had one or more counters on it, you draw a card and you lose one life. I actually think that's the best partner pair. So I think you nailed it with this selection. I think that is the one that I'm actually like kind of interested in playing. It's a fun like Abzan plus one plus one counters theme. There is a lot of support for that and this is a cool way to take advantage of it. It draws you cards which is nice. So I really like that partner pair. I think in general, I don't know. I came away with the impression that most of the partner pairs are kind of meh. Partners are so weird because we went from the original ones that could partner with any partner and they just absolutely were like busted and the best things going in the format. And now we have like these specific partner pairs. Have any of those even been like good? I hardly ever see those partner pairs see play. We had them in what, like Battle Bond, uh, various other sets, and just no one actually plays them. So it, it feels like, I don't know, the ones that have to pair with one specific other card haven't been good enough. The ones that pair with anything are too good. I don't know. Do you like any of the, the other ones outside of uh, Yannick and Nakira? I love the shark. The flying shark. I'm sorry. Like, I, I think it's more <laughs> of just because it's a flying shark. <laughs> You're riding a flying shark. That, I don't I don't care what you do. I think that's enough of a reason for me to play it. Like that and the Silvar and Trin. I, I, I love that too. I mean, you're, you're feeding humans to your nightmare cat and it's growing and whatnot or getting indestructible. I, I'm a fan of those, but I think that's more so because the art and the flavor behind it and the, like the, how fun the cards are. But if you're talking about like playability, like you had mentioned, it does require me to partner with some of these have effects though that just are good on their own though, right? Like I think that I think are, are fun to play on their own. Um, but like, yeah, like I, I do think that they are medium. I think they're medium. I'm not like entirely sold that they're going to be like awful. But I do, I know they're not amazing. I know it's like, oh, they're going to break the format, but I do think they're, they're fun and 
That's I think I think that's the the coolest thing about most of the partners so far. And I will say I do like I do like the flavor. Like a lot of them have really cool flavor. It's a lot of like human animal pairs, which is really cool. Like you have like cat, uh, human and cat, human and dog, human and shark. Apparently, yeah. uh, it's, <laughs> so it's I a shark bird. Come on, yeah, the flying shark. It's equally the bird. Way, okay, <laughs> the flavor the flavor is really good, but I think the power level is fairly low. Simic the set, pretty much. <laughs> All right. Uh... We have reprints, so Arcane Signet coming back, uh, Sol Ring, Commander Sphere, Command Tower, those are expected, but Arcane Signet uh, being reprinted with Commander Jeez. 2020. <laughs> uh, and then we have the face cards of the set. Yes. Uh, if I could find them. <laughs> Which, so, the way, causing the all cycling yeah. spikes. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we have uh, Gavin. Oh wait, I lost I lost my window. Okay, I got it again. Uh we have Gavi Ness Warden, two blue, red, white, so five CMC, two five, legendary creature, human shaman. You may pay zero rather than pay the cycling cost of the first card you cycle each turn. Whenever you draw your second card each turn, create a two two red and white dinosaur cat creature token. It's a good one. I think I think the cycling commander is really good. I mean, we've all we've all had our mind go there, but decree of annihilation and whatnot, like with this card. (laughs) But like, legitimately, it is it is a really sweet commander. Yeah, I think this is my favorite of the face commanders, and I think it might be the most powerful of the the five face commanders too. And we didn't have a cycling legend before, so this opens up like kind of a new archetype. You could obviously play a cycling deck with whatever random commander you wanted, but we haven't had a legend that specifically referred to cycling, so I think it's a, a really cool new addition to commander. I, I My favorite is still yet to be named. <laughs> yeah, and uh, in MTG Finance news, Fluctuator was bought out, and then it was reprinted later yeah. <laughs> in the set. <laughs> so, they did it. Uh, yeah, be careful when you see previews <laughs> of cards. Uh, all right. Next up, Jarena Kudro, one red, white, black, so four CMC Mardu, three, three, legendary creature, human soldier. When Jarena enters a battlefield, create a one, one human soldier token for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game. Other humans you control get plus two, plus zero. This, this is my favorite one. I don't have a Mardu deck yet, but now I will. Like this, this is just, I don't, I, I like that it rewards me for casting my commander. Even if it's, like, you may not think it's much because you're just getting one human each time you cast it. But, I don't know, like, the anthem effect is plus two plus zero, and you're constantly getting rewarded for casting your Jarena. And then on top of that, I, with now my new free spells, I can get, like, I can tap out for this and then give my creatures indestructible if you try to board wipe. This is actually know. my least favorite. I don't want to cast my commander. I don't care about <laughs> random, like, aggro tribal decks. Like, this one's not for me. <laughs> yeah, I love this one because it just does just that. It rewards you for casting my commander. And the anthem I mean, effect's sweet. It's six, it's six power, right? For, for four mana. And then if you have to recast it, you get nine power. And a plus two plus zero is no joke. That's like a pretty yeah. sizable pump. That's a real, your, like, anthem. Your human right tokens. There. Yeah, and then if you, you're in the colors where you have, like, fervor, you can give yourself haste, all this other stuff, like, you're, you're not, it's very possible that this could just be really aggressive. Alright, next up, we have Calamax the Stormrise, one green, blue, red, 4-4, four, four, legendary creature, elemental dinosaur, whenever you cast your first instant spell each turn, if Calamax is tapped, copy that spell, you may choose new targets for the copy. 
Whenever you copy an instant spell, put a plus one plus one counter on Kalamax. Just think of uh, how many card draw spells <laughs> I can double up <laughs> with this. Oh, is this the one now? This is you I, this, this one, is the you? best commander because it forces Seth to attack. You see, it forces <laughs> no, Seth to no, progress no, the no. game to copy. You, you play Twiddle. You play Twiddles, vehicles, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, next up, we have Cathril X. Aspect Warper, two white, black, green, three, three, legendary creature, nightmare insect. Whenever Cathril enters a battlefield, put a flying counter on any creature you control. If a creature card in your graveyard has flying, repeat this process for first strike, double strike, death touch, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, menace, reach, trample, and vigilance. Then put a plus one, plus one counter on Cathril for each counter <laughs> put on a creature this way. A mouthful. <laughs> this this has got to be really good. I no? think it'll be good. I think it, I th- think it could be good. I mean, it is five mana though for a three three, which is a little different. But it, yeah. it's literally going to be like an eight eight indestructible hexproof life linking death touch double striker or whatever, right? Like keyword just, soup is is interesting because it's you get a plus one plus one counter for each of those keywords, right? So this thing will be gigantic if you stocked up your graveyard correctly i mean you're in the colors to do it right you're in the colors to do it i like that it it brings kind of like the soul flayer keyword soup play style to commander because uh white black and green all have cards that care about that there's like soul flayer in black there's odric in white green has majestic mary arc so i like that this uh kind of brings together that archetype which is again something we didn't have in commander before so i think it is fairly powerful but i'm mostly excited about it just because it kind of creates this whole new deck style in commander that just didn't exist before commander 2020 Wait, it's is a it, big mosquito. Is infect? Is infect one of the words? I don't think... In, uh, Rich, no. You hear no. infect counters, Richard. I don't think... Infect no. is not a mechanic no. that has a counter yet. <laughs> you can no. just quip grafted exoskeleton. You don't need the keyword. Infect I need to mutate so... something onto this to give it uh, infect. I mean, indestructible <laughs> hexproof seems pretty please good. Please do not bring infect back. <laughs> Especially <need> a, mutate <laughs> infect. We need a Sigarda counter. Like, uh, you cannot affects your opponent's control cannot cause you to sacrifice so we need as well then this thing is literally unkillable unkillable okay <laughs> i mean really though you can just like entomb put like satalpa in your graveyard ramp and cast this and it's gonna be pretty insane right i mean yeah. once again shadow spear should be in every deck <laughs> oh. by the way we never talked about this ability counters but it gets around a lot of removal like stuff like um imprisoned in the moon and stuff like that like your the counters on your creature still count right so if you had like 10 plus one plus one counters and a trample counter and your opponent changes your base creature into a zero one like you're still good to go you still have all those abilities yep dark steel mutation all those things yeah you still got something there but then it opens you up to remove target counter effects what's the price (laughs) on hex parasite or vampire hex mage (laughs) No one's don't worry, no one's playing that. <laughs> Otrimi, the ever playful. Three black, green, blue, six six, salt eye, trample. Whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, return target creature card with mutate from your graveyard to your hand. Mutate one black, green, blue. I love the artwork of this card, but I think this is my least favorite, like least powerful commander at least. 
This this is, in my opinion, the least powerful commander, but the coolest artwork. It's so adorable. I think that this card suffers from the fact that there's a ton of really powerful-looking mutate legends in Ikoria. So when you see this one, and it's like, oh, I return a creature with mutate to my hand, it just doesn't look that powerful compared to a lot of the other cards with the same mechanic. Yeah. And, like, you're stuck to just specifically Sultai, right? So you don't have... It's not like it's a five-color commander where he can pull from all the other mutating creatures. It's just... Yeah, and you can I don't only know. return cards with mutate, which is a little awkward. Like maybe I get that maybe they want to refer to mutate again on the card or something, but would it be too busted if you could just return any card, like for the cost and like effect of that? So I think that I don't know. It definitely seems a little bit watered down power level wise. Yeah, I, I wish you could return any card too. Like if it, if it did that, then for six mana, sure, right? Like why not? That then we're can, we're talking. It's mutates only four though. You could mutate it. Onto a commander. Uh, right? Onto or another, another creature. creature. Yeah. Uh, oh, how does commander damage work? I think if any, I think if you mutate it onto something, that's still commander damage, right? Yeah. 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 Maybe. And then also, so it's like a four mana, six, six trample haste, right? With something like, it's actually not that bad. I think you're sleeping on it a bit, but it's just the, not flashy. It's, it's, yeah, it's the ability when it connects, it doesn't do anything that Great to me. I mean, sure. Let's say we mutate it onto something. Then okay, I guess that's that's cool. That gets around commander tax, right? Mutate oh. actually does not get around commander oh, no? tax. No, oh. that was that was specifically oh. asked. Then so now this card is worse. Yeah, <laughs> this card's even worse. Because <laughs> I thought maybe I okay. Well, I could always get my mutating on, but if it does it all. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's... yeah. They confirmed. They confirmed that ruling. Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> this card is now just really cute artwork. <laughs> it has only become cute artwork for me. <laughs> all right. I think that brings us to all of our previews. I mean, we have like a ton, a ton, a ton of previews. So you can check them out on mtgpreviews.com. Uh, but <laughs> we, we'll have more content coming out this week of like top 10 lists and uh, reviews and things like that or check out the daily previews but way too many to cover two sets worth in one one hour podcast I, I think we should just have a whole episode where seth and i discuss sharknado so i think <laughs> <laughs> i could i could do an entire podcast on that card so i i'm down maybe we'll make a special video of that <laughs> Uh, on that though, though, I think that brings us to the end of episode 271 of the Goldfish Podcast. So we'll be back next week to talk about the rest of Ikoria and whatever else goes down in the world of magic. So, uh, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. So everyone have a wonderful week. Enjoy the rest of Ikoria spoiler season and we'll see you next week. Bye.